0: last Sunday in our Help Me See series, we were reminded that in our resurrected Jesus, we have purpose. That purpose to feed ourselves and others, to care for others, to follow Jesus. Today we we talk about that care. Again, only we shift a little bit and, and rejoice that we are on the receiving end of that care of our Good Shepherd. It's kind of an interesting dynamic when we talk about being cared for because when I talk to to older Christians, mature Christians who have been around uh, for a while, one of the greatest fears they have is that they don't want to be a burden to their children. They don't want to have to be cared for and looked after around the clock, 24-hour care. That's not uncommon. And yet at the same time, we all appreciate being cared for. Who of us doesn't have fond memories of, of growing up as a, a child and, and being sick and having mom or dad there to care for us and to give us those special little uh, attentions that came with being sick? Who of us doesn't notice and appreciate when a, a spouse or a dear friend does something nice for us, goes out of their way to, to make a meal to show they care or to send a care package when we're deployed uh, or, or away at college? We appreciate being cared for don't we? And this Sunday gives us the opportunity to to take great comfort in the fact that our Good Shepherd cares for us. And yet, we might ask, well, who cares? What difference does it make that my Good Shepherd cares for me? Now, hear me out. T- today we, we focus, the church does, on this picture, this imagery of a Good Shepherd. And we're going to hear Psalm 23 and, and, and sing it uh, or, or recite it responsively. We hear verses that speak of this picture. We're going to sing hymns, songs that depict that tender relationship between sheep and shepherd. And we do that every year on this fourth Sunday after Easter known as Good Shepherd Sunday. And we'll do it the year after that and the year after that. And between then, here and now, we'll we'll hear of that picture, that image of Jesus being our good shepherd. And it's nice and it's comforting. but but really, who cares? Because what does that picture of a good shepherd mean? What good is a good shepherd for my imploding marriage? When either by my own fault or or my spouse's, the wrongs that we have have committed against each other are bringing things to ruin in our house and in our home what good is a good shepherd when i can't get past this nagging guilt and this overwhelming resentment uh, or or simply the the bearing burden bearing the burden of sin that continues to to be set and i can't get past what good is a a good shepherd in those situations and when my life feels as if it's falling apart in this area or not what what good is that sunday school picture of a good shepherd maybe we have it up in our house somewhere it's a nice picture it's a nice image but what good is the good shepherd in the reality of the problems and the hardships and the struggles in my day-to-day life who cares you see that's just it he cares you're a good shepherd cares? Or did you imagine that, that God just randomly came up with that picture of, of a good shepherd caring for his sheep? Do you imagine that the Trinity, as they were sitting around brainstorming how to, to lay out and unfold God's word to us, that, that, that they said, well, what kind of ideas do you have for what we should include in, in the scripture. I mean, it's, it's going to be a big book. There's got to be a lot of filler. And, and one of them said, well, how about a shepherd and sheep? And he said, well, is that all we got? Okay, let's go with it. No, this was very intentional that God wanted to reveal himself as the good shepherd. To point to Jesus as our good shepherd to convey truly how much he cares about each and every one of us. And that measure of care is is made clear in these verses that Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd in John's gospel. In chapter 10, Jesus says this in comparison to the hired hand. Listen to the difference between the hired hand and the good shepherd. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. He doesn't care about the sheep, so he's going to, to run away. Jesus, on the other hand, the good shepherd, the implication is that he's not going to run away. Why? Because he cares. And if you, if you want to, to wonder how much he cares, well, or, or why he cares, Jesus made that clear as well. Because he, he paid a very dear price to make us his. We belong to the good shepherd in contrast to the hired hand. Earlier, John says in verse 12, the hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. He doesn't own the sheep. He didn't pay for the sheep. They don't belong to him. And Jesus makes clear and and emphasizes it by mentioning it no less than five times in just these verses, the price that he paid to make the sheep his. In verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep the good shepherd paid the, the greatest price imaginable to make us his. He laid down his life. We belong to, to Jesus. Stop and, and think of, of what that picture means. Imagine the, the children in, in, their, in their classroom, the, especially the little ones, what, a, what is one of their favorite opportunities or days? It's, it's show and tell. Why? They, they get to bring one of their favorite objects, one of their favorite toys, and, and show it to the classroom. And they, they stand up in front of everybody and they're beaming with pride over that possession, that toy that they love that means so much to them. And it's such a sweet, neat picture. But then show and tell is over. And now the, the children want to, to kind of explore each other's uh, toys and the items that they brought. And yet, what happens? Why does one child not one another to play with his or her toy. What is the response that you hear? Or the referee, the parent playing referee between siblings knows the same thing. Why are they reluctant to let anybody else play with it? Because it's mine. It's mine. And that should be reason enough in the child's mind. This is my thing, and therefore you may not play with it. You may not have it. You may not touch it. You can look at it. You can appreciate that I have it, but it's mine. Now turn that around into a positive. That is the attitude that your good shepherd, Jesus, has about you. You are mine. You belong to me. I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to share you. I'm not going to let anybody snatch you from my hand, Jesus even says. You are mine. I paid that dear price for you. I laid down my life to make you mine. That's no small sacrifice that our Savior Jesus made. And when you think of that kind of a sacrifice or sacrifice in general, have you ever known anybody to make a sacrifice for something that didn't matter to them, that was relatively meaningless? Think of all of the appeals that you receive on a regular basis to make some sort of a, a sacrifice to support this cause or that organization. When is the last time that you got a phone call from the police or the, the the fire representative saying, can we count on your support this year? Or the last time that that somebody came to your door looking for support for battered women shelter, uh, or the last time you got a, a mailing from this ministry or that organization or that cause, or the last time that in a, a community, somebody asked if you could give your time at, as well as your financial support. And I'm imagining that, that some of those are, are probably more dear to your heart than others. And for some, you might contribute to that cause. You might make a, a sacrifice. But what kind of sacrifice? Would you be willing to lay down your life for any of those causes? I doubt it you might be willing to lay down your life to make that greatest sacrifice, not for a cause or an organization, but for a person, for an individual whom you love dearly. For a person, you might be willing to to make that great sacrifice of even giving up your life. But I would imagine that that person you'd be willing to do that for is somebody that you love, somebody who is kind to you, somebody who treats you well and, and is dear to your heart. It's probably not an enemy, It's probably not an individual that, that makes you cringe. It's probably not somebody that, that ignores you, disregards you, disrespects you, wants nothing to do with you, turns away from you. It's probably not that type of person that you would lay your life down for, I'm guessing. And yet that's exactly the kind of sheep for whom Jesus, our good shepherd, laid down his life. Sheep like you, sheep like me, who frankly by nature want nothing to do with our good shepherd, who who don't have any interest in being corrected or confined or told what to do by nature, who don't want to, to be shown the way, but rather want the freedom to wander wherever we want, whenever we want, regardless of any danger that is lurking anywhere. That is our relationship by nature with Jesus, the good shepherd. We want nothing to do with him. We despise him. We hate him. And yet, he laid his life down for us because he wasn't content to to allow us to be harmed, to walk ourselves into destruction and death. For eternity. So you may say a, a lot of things about Jesus, our Good Shepherd, but, but you may not say that he doesn't care about you. Because you will not ever come across another individual on this planet, on this earth, during the time that God gives you, who cares more for you than your Good Shepherd, Jesus, who laid down his life for you. And not only does your Good Shepherd care for you, but he also knows you. Jesus says in verses 14 and 15, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Who could possibly understand that intimate relationship between Jesus and his Father? The inner workings of the Trinity, how how they are in perfect harmony. Does that comfort you that your good shepherd knows you that way? Or terrify you? He knows you. That means that you can't hide anything from him. That means that he knows what happened last year, last month, last week, last night. Try as hard as you might. You might fleece everybody else around you. You might hide it from your spouse. You might keep it from your best friends. Your deepest, darkest darkest secret is not hidden from the good shepherd. He knows it. He knows your sin. You cannot hide it from him. But still he stays. Your good shepherd knows everything about you. And he has not and he will not abandon you because of it. Think of what a comfort that is that that there is no fear of Jesus having to uncover or discover something about you. He already knows everything about you, not just the good that you've done that that you want to celebrate and and highlight in in front of everybody else, but, but all of the stuff that you would like to keep hidden away. He already knows it and still he stays. How refreshing is that? In this day and age, when we compare that to the relationships that, that we have in, in our society, in this Twitter dredging, social media scrutinizing, cancel culture, history hacking, that, that people will do anything and everything to dig up just the slightest scoop of dirt on anyone and tarnish their reputation or call it into question. We don't have to worry about Jesus, the good shepherd, uncovering any of that because he already knows every dirty detail, and still he stays. He still has not turned away from you, even though he knows all of that. In fact, quite the opposite. He paid for all of that, laid down his life so that those things wouldn't disqualify the good shepherd from a relationship with his sheep. And if you ever doubt that that he's going to maybe someday change his mind and turn away from you or that some sin is going to be the final sin that broke the straw, that the, the the straw that broke the camel's back, that it's going to be too much and finally lead him to turn his face from you, look at Good Friday. If Jesus didn't let death itself separate him from you, if that wasn't enough to to lead him to abandon you or or cut himself off from you but didn't stay dead, see how the resurrection helps us to see that we have a good shepherd, that he's not going to leave us, that he doesn't only care for us but he knows us and is always going to be there for us and loves us in a way that nobody in this world ever can or will. What a comfort to know Our good shepherd. And what a difference it makes to know that he cares for us and knows us and loves us. Despite everything that he knows about us, he's not going anywhere. I get the privilege of having what could arguably be called the best job in the world because I get to point you to that good shepherd every Sunday. Week in and week out, I get to remind people that they have somebody who loves them with an everlasting love, who cares for them and knows them and is never going to desert them. And for that reason, there is no greater joy, there is no more wonderful experience, this side of heaven that you will ever have than seeing a sheep come to know his good shepherd through faith in Jesus. What is it that that drives that? I'll tell you. It's because he is my good shepherd. And that's when it starts to make a difference. When we we realize the shift, when we make a distinction between talking about a general God, when we stop talking about uh, a, a surface savior, when he's not just a good shepherd, but he's, my good shepherd, my God, my Savior. That's when it sinks in. That's when it makes a difference that he cares for me and he knows me. And you can say the same thing about yourself. Your good shepherd cares about you and he knows you and he is never going to abandon you or leave you. So that's the the difference. The the resurrection helps us see that, that I have a good shepherd. Not just the good shepherd in general opens my eyes to see him, yes, but to see that he is my good shepherd. And when that hits home, when that relationship becomes a certainty and a reality, and the most treasured relationship that I have. I love a lot of people in this world. God has surrounded me with so many good people, but I don't love any of them nearly as much as I love my good shepherd who loved me first and laid down his life for me. And when that happens, then you too, I pray, will realize the joy of the time that we have been given on this earth to help others see that they too have a good shepherd who cares for them and who knows them and who loves them just as much as he does me and just as much as he does you. Amen.